Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill. And this is a podcast about all the dumb things that people will do for love. So welcome to episode 148. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a minute. It's been, been some minutes. <laughs> Welcome some back, Jen. It's June. I know. It's like we just fast forward into a whole different month. That's amazing. I can't believe it's June. I know. So we had a pretty big month this month. Sally recorded her album. Yes, and Jen was, was there. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Which was awesome. I was. Sally killed it. It was amazing. We were at Go Bananas and we had such a great time. We did. Jen got to see me in all of my like weirdly anxious, nervous tick energy. And yeah, she handled really it. Like that. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like very, yeah, very anxious. Um, and the, and Jen Han, you handled it perfectly. You were, you were like, I was so happy you were there. You really calmed me down. We had, we did oh. We were there from Thursday to Sunday, and so Thursday and Friday were good shows, but they just weren't like, this is what I want for a recording kind of shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and so I was like getting very like, oh God, if it doesn't happen on Saturday, well then when is going to happen? I just had been working so hard to get ready for it. And then it was like magic on Saturday. Oh man, that was like, it was such magic. There yeah. Was, like, applause breaks after applause breaks. Something was in the air and it just felt like electric. It did. I mean, I like yeah. came off stage and we were both like, ah! <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. It's like the, and it's surprising for me to say that because I'm not usually like, you know, not that I'm not proud of things I do, but this is like, I'm really proud of it. I'm excited for it. And, uh, and so I'll let you guys know. I don't know when it's coming out. Um, but it will be coming out hopefully sometime in the fall. I'm and some of September. you guys were there. Yes, we it was so good to see. Yes. That was really fun. That was yeah. really fun. It was, yeah, it was cool. And it was it was fun to be on the road with you, Jen, and for you to come to see, like, my home club. And it was awesome. So many, like, of my old school comedy friends and friend friends and my family came out. It was really And your dad is like the cutest thing in the whole world. My dad's the cutest. My like childhood friend Fernando and his wife drove from Dayton. I had like a high school friend come out. My good friend Bethany, like my best friend from college, like came and surprised me. Madelano Martins like drove yeah. up. Yeah, my friend Meet well, Mike Cronin. He's a very great comedian. Came and surprised me on Sunday. It was just I felt so. I was like trying really hard to like Sally let yourself feel the love because <laughs> uh, you know that's hard. But um, but yeah, it was so it was so nice. It was a really great a really great weekend. And yeah, and you've been doing so much comedy. We've been comedy ladies. I'm, listen, we're gals on the go. We're gals on the go. I can't help it if we're constantly booked. Talent. <laughs> we stay booked. We stay booked. We be staying booked. Yeah. yeah. And then I got to go oh. to the next weekend. I got to go to Bloomington, uh, and I was featuring for Michael Ian Black, who was you son of a bitch, a gem. He is oh, so funny, so jealous, and so such a lovely human. So I really that was really fun. And Bloomington's one of my comedy attic is one of my favorite clubs. So it was really fun. Yeah. And so we were going to bring you guys a full episode 
this week because it's been a minute. But, you know, sometimes shit happens. Listen, I'm going to tell you. Sally. Sally. (laughs) Can I say this on the podcast? What happened Uh, yesterday? Okay. So we were going to record our the podcast yesterday. Um, and I had gone to uh, Douglas Lake with my family for the week. Um, after all of this comedy, just as like a break, it was so lovely. We're driving back. I have my six-year-old in the back. We're driving through the mountains. Um, and then all of a sudden I get hit in the back of the head with vomit. (laughs) And it was projectile everywhere and I'm not gonna like talk so much about it because it was like it was like a horrifying experience (laughs) like I can't even explain how all over this car and of course we just come for vacation so there's just shit everywhere in the car like every bag every stuffy Max ever had like just everywhere it was like what is the I'm like exorcist kind of Shit. Yeah, Sally um, was texting me, um, like, "Can we, re- <laughs> can we just do a quickies episode tomorrow?" And she was telling me what's happened. She kept saying, "Like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." I was like, "Dude, do not apologize." She's like, "I won't complain anymore." I was like, "Don't apologize for complaining about getting projectile vomited on." And like, only this an hour a into a four-hour drive, like it oh was. So we had to like just pull over at a gas station. It was luckily. Ben was, we had driven two cars because we were coming from different places. So he had another car with a clean car seat that we could like, so we cleaned Max up, put him in there and he just got car sick. Like we didn't realize how car sick he got. He was watching his iPad. We didn't, oh. like, I didn't know Ben gets really car sick, yeah. but I don't. So I just didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was everywhere. Yeah. And unfortunately, Jen, this is the one time where car pizza really came back to bite me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I had given the kids some car pizza. I wish you had never said that. (laughs) Oh, I will never have car pizza again. I. (laughs) But that was why I texted Jen. I was like, "Um, I can't record today. I got to get this card detailed ASAP. (laughs) Like it needs. You know, I wasn't mad at Max. Is that the is that <laughs> as your friend? Is that the worst thing I can say to you? Is that I wasn't that mad that your son threw up. On you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no, we can't record today. What? I have to lay down and watch three more hours of TV. Oh no. But no, I felt really bad for you, but also yeah. a little good for me. Sorry. Thanks, <laughs> so anyway, that's why we're doing a quickie episode today. Um, also, one other thing is that I'm going to release this um, on our regular time on Mondays. But from now on, we are going to start releasing our episodes on Tuesdays. Um, and that's just a change. So it can just just a time timing Thing from when we record and when I edit. So Tuesday. So you'll just, you know, instead of our us being your friends on Monday mornings, we'll be your friends on Tuesday mornings um, from now on. So that's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Should we um, get into these For cookies? no other reason than for Sally being extremely difficult just to flex <laughs> her celebrity. Right? I'm like, I really have <laughs> such, a, such a big head now. Yeah. <laughs> 
Sally I'm with like, the oh, album. Yeah. <laughs> wants to record when she's not getting puked on and wants to release episodes on Tuesday. Fine, Sally. We'll do whatever you want. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, let's get into quickies. Okay. Hey, Jen. Hey, Sally. Um, do you want to hear my quickie? I do. It's been a while. It's been a while. I've missed it. Um, I was like, I, I, there were so many stories. I found so many stories that I was like almost in paralysis of like, which one do I do? I I have like like seven lined up and I'm just going to pick one. Yeah, me too. Nilly. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So this one is, I got my information from the Idaho Press, um, a couple of articles by Ryan Soupy. Um, And this is, this is about a couple and it is also about something that I love very much, and I will tell you about that at the end. Okay. So Jonathan Parker graduated from the University of Idaho with a degree in political science, and then he went and then got his master's degree in pastoral ministries from Rima Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then in the early 2000s, he was back living in Idaho, and he started getting involved in politics. He ran various local Idaho political campaigns. He got married um, to a beautiful woman named Kelly. And then in 2009, he was selected to serve as the executive director of the Idaho Republican Party. And during his tenure, the Republican Party in Idaho had their most successful election year ever. And for his work, he was actually elected to the Idaho GOP Hall of Fame. And in 2017, he was elected as the chairman of the Idaho Republican Party, and he served for two years before he resigned uh, in February of 2019, citing a need to spend more time as a father. So in his formal resignation letter, he wrote, serving as your chairman while maintaining a full-time job and being fully engaged, being a fully engaged father has been much harder than I imagined. So much so that I have reluctantly decided I should no longer continue to serve as chairman of the Idaho Republican Party so that I can focus on the priorities I place above all others. And then, Jen, what do you think happened next? I have no idea. Well, right after this, his wife, Kelly Parker, filed for divorce. Oh, no. And then that was swiftly (gasps) followed by a restraining order. Oh, no. Why? What did he do? Um. So uh, we're not exactly sure what all he did, what caused the restraining arm, because that was sealed. But in late May um, of 2019, police in Boise, Idaho, responded to a complaint about a disturbing man in a woman's wig staring into the windows of an apartment complex while masturbating. Oh, my God. So police came. They found out that it was none other than Jonathan Parker, the state's former chairman for the Republican Party. It turned out he was peering into the complex of his ex-wife's And that's why he was so busy to to do his job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And the wig apparently was to conceal his identity. And this wasn't the first time because in the criminal complaint, they said that he had actually made multiple trips to the apartment complex between May 16th and May 30th in direct violation of his restraining order. The complaint said that he harassed his wife by repeatedly hiding in the bushes, masturbating, disguising himself in a wig. Um, And then when the police found him- Harassing his own wife that way? Yes. Interesting. So he was just standing in in the bushes of her apartment, staring into her window, which by the way, they have kids. (gasps) And 
just masturbating and looking in her windows. Oh my God. As a way to like harass her. Um, and then when he was, when the police were called, and by the way, she didn't call them. This was like a stranger who was like, there's some weird guy staring into her building. Um, he told the police that he was there to quote, scare a different female in the building, not his wife. <laughs> And the police were like, okay, well, which woman were you here to scare? <laughs> and he was like, oh, uh, it's the woman in 3A. And then they were like, couldn't find any woman in 3A. And then his defense attorney was like, oh, actually, he was there because he had been invited to a costume party on the property. That's oh why he God. had the wig. And that's he why said, he had to jerk off. That's why he had to jerk off because that's what you do at costume parties. Oh, my um, God. He said the whole thing was, quote, a product of a grand misunderstanding. Um, and so then he requested in court that that uh, Parker be released on his own reconnaissance. And the judge was like, yeah, no. So no. Um, they actually put an $80,000 bail and, um, and issued a no contact order with his wife. So then a couple months later, he entered a guilty plea on first degree stalking and unlawful entering. And the stalking is from being in the bushes outside of his wife's apartment. And then the unlawful entry was actually tied to a different incident in April when he entered the home of a female colleague without her permission. Oh my God. Yeah. So this actually, the whole, the arrest, when he was arrested, he was actually also charged with intimidation of a witness and violation of the no contact order um, because apparently he had contact with both of these witnesses or both of the victims in the cases after he was told not to contact them. Um, but those charges were dismissed because he pled guilty. In court uh, during the sentencing, Kelly Parker, his ex-wife, um, asked the judge to consider the harshest, most strict penalty in sentencing. She said that her ex-husband had been mani manipulative and dangerous even before the criminal case began. She said she wasn't even the person who made the report. She said there was behavior that threatened my safety long before the criminal activity. And once we got to the criminal activity, it wasn't even reported by me. It was severe enough that other people in the public actually reported it. Reported it. That's how severe it's gotten. Oh, wow. um, and she said that according to Parker's own statements, he had not taken responsibility for his actions. She said he even mentioned in there, this is so, makes me so sick. He even mentioned in there, which I think speaks to the subtle nature of his manipulation, that he was actively praying for me and forgiving me daily. And she said, and we're not in court today. My friends haven't taken time off work. My family didn't travel here from out of state because my actions that I need forgiveness for. We're here because of his actions. And then in court, Jonathan Parker said, I've accepted responsibility, full responsibility for my actions. He said, I make no I make no excuses. I'm very sorry for those I hurt. And that's a responsibility I take. I ask for their forgiveness. I do ask that those I've hurt, that they also move forward with forgiving me so that we can move <laughs> together. <laughs> Like, if you could just hurry it up a little bit, because I'm ready. <laughs> and so for all of that shit that he did to these two women, the judge sentenced him to serve 14 days in jail. Holy shit. Yes. And then he That's was given. Ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. And then he was given um, five years probation and 100 hours of community service and was ordered to undergo a psychological evaluation. So he served all of his two weeks of jail time, and then he was on probation when in 2021 he was arrested again 
This time, you don't say Jen Meth. Public okay. <laughs> oh, meth. <laughs> now it's all making sense. Yes. And so, oh because his God. probation, he had, you know, because he was on probation, his probation was revoked and he was sent back to jail until May of 2022, which is much longer than his original sentence because we all know that drug use is way worse than oh, uh you God. know harassing a woman so Damn, don't you love being a woman don't i know so as of now it. he's back back out on probation and uh i mean you know, i'm just gonna follow up on this story and let you know what happens next because i assume this is not the last we've heard of the former republican Jesus <laughs> party Christ. chairman so oh. that's i love that the only reason i love that story not because of what this guy did which is disgusting and horrible but i do just love self-righteous uh, politicians who always, always get taken down. <laughs> like it's just shame yes. themselves. Yes, yeah. it's just like you're always the ones doing the shadiest fucking shit. You know, it's like the most self righteous. Like I went to Bible college. I'm gonna pray for you. Yeah. Fucking Ugh, so manipulative. Urgh. So there you go. That's my quickie. It's kind got of a longie. Fired up. <laughs> fired up. Yeah, I can't wait um, for you to see this guy's dumb face. I'm sure it's real fucking stupid. It's so dumb. Okay, Sally, this is another choose your own adventure. Ooh, um, I always okay? pick wrong. I have several. <laughs> okay. Do you want to stay real fired up? Should we keep this rolling? Should yes. we go with our okay? Yeah. I was gonna say I have got some silly. Okay, let's go with let's <laughs> let's stay pissed. Let's let's, stay let's swim fired in it. up. Let's say Let's fired say up. Fired up. Okay. <laughs> this okay. quickie, I'm going to go with this one. This one came from an article for BuzzFeed.com by Laura Parker. Okay. And it is 17 of the most insane catfish stories that will make you cringe. <gasps> okay. Yes. I won't read all 17, just the ones that I think are the most fucked up. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, this one was submitted by Caitlin's 43EA9884. <laughs> Do you know her? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Caitlin and I go way back. <laughs> All the back when she was like Wait, Caitlin what was 034. It? Caitlin's 43 E A 9 A E. Oh, no, 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 no. Anyways, 49 A E O. Okay. Different different Caitlin <laughs> altogether. So this one says, um, I met a guy online. We dated for over a year. I met his parents, slept in his apartment, met his friends, and then he randomly disappeared. Over a year. Okay. That's me saying this. Okay. I paid $9.95 uh, to a sketchy internet lookup service and found out that he was married with two children and <gasps> that he was 10 years older than he told me. And he gave me a fake last name, pal, right in the kisser is what she wrote. Oh, like isn't that just a year saying that so whole fucking crazy. year and you meet their parents and sleep in their apartment like what a mind fuck what oh, a mind man. fuck like how could you believe anything is true after that you know what i mean yes poor that girl. is oh i know that's that yeah Here's one that was actually um, somebody named Deanna Hall submitted this, and she was actually the catfisher. She said, I actually catfished someone, but this was 15 years ago before it was a phenomenon. Like, I did it before <laughs> it was cool. I was into Dave you Matthews before. <laughs> when they were a college yeah. band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I listened to No Doubt during the Beacon Street collection. And- <laughs> anyway. 
she said, Don't speak. I was fit. <laughs> no, that's too mainstream, Sally. Oh, sorry. Um, this one says, I was uh, 15 and I went into a Britney Spears chat room. I met a guy from the Netherlands. I said I was 18, as was he, and my name was Mandy. Yes, Mandy with an I, she said. <laughs> I gave him my real number so we talk on the phone every day. He'd call me as catfish stories go. Things got intense fast. There was talk of him visiting, so naturally I did something dramatic. I pretended that Mandy got into a car accident and lost her memory. Things unraveled from there, and I fired. <laughs> lost this is like all, these are the lies that only a fifteen-year-old can tell. Right? Like, oh, I know. I that's a car accident. I don't remember anything. Um, oh, I'm sorry. What is your name again? Yeah. My head. <laughs> She said, things unraveled from there, and I finally told him the truth. We tried to be friends, but it was too weird. Oh, good on that guy for even trying <laughs> to be friends with this guess. And then she said, a week later, he was dating somebody else in the chat room. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> no. Now, this one is interesting. This one's by um, somebody named Keeper801, who actually catfishes for her job, which <gasps> sounds really fucking fun. Right. <laughs> she said, I'm sitting here like, fuck you, catfishers. But it sounds fun to get paid to do it. It's like a legit. Um, there has to this, be a good reason. Uh, yeah. This person wrote, I work for a repo company and I have a fake Facebook set up to lure people who have been hiding their cars from us out on dates. We make plans to meet up. And then when they arrive to meet up, I repo their cars. Ha, 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 ha. And oh then my a shrugging emoji. Yeah. That you is know what is kind of awesome. So this reminds me of the story. My friend Milani, she listens to this podcast. So she, Hi, Milani. Hi, Milani. Um, this was forever ago. And like, Milani, I really hope you don't mind me telling the story. But um, there was a guy that had was a friend of hers. It was an old friend of hers that had stayed with her when he like fell upon hard times or something and like stayed at her house and then he like um while she was at work he ended up like robbing her and like taking like a bunch of stuff from her apartment like um like video games and um i can't remember what else, like cameras and, and like a bunch of stuff and she was she really was upset and she yeah. couldn't find him so i was having dinner with her and I was like, what's his phone number? And she gave me his – because he wouldn't, like, respond to her. Obviously, I wouldn't respond to her text. So she gave me um, his phone number. So then I, like wa- – we're at this, like, p- restaurant sitting – it was actually on North Highland Avenue. And um, and I, like, go out on the street and I call the number from my phone. And I was like, hey, um, is this – and I can't remember the guy's name. Let's just say Chad. And I was like, hey, is this Chad? And he was like, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I feel so weird calling you, but do you remember me from the other night? And I was like, you were pretty drunk, and so was I, but do you remember? And he was like, um, yeah, I think so. And I was like, yeah. We, I was <laughs> like, we're both on Marta, like, coming home from the club. Do you remember that? Because she told me that he wrote Mart. So okay. then, and then he was like, yeah, I do. I do remember that. I was like, cool. I was like, well, what are you doing? And um, and he was like, oh, I'm just, um, you know, going to the bank or something like that. And I was like, wait, where are you? And he was like, on Peachtree. I was like, wait, I'm on Peachtree. Peachtree and what? And he's like, Peachtree and Fifth. And I was like, Peachtree and Fifth? Hold on a second. And then I like hung up the phone. I was like, Melania, he's on Peachtree and Fifth. Go get your shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> Guys are so fucking stupid sometimes. <laughs> that was an easy one. So I had I just remembered that I had catfish somebody. But in the name of justice. In the name of justice. <laughs> okay, this one is crazy. This one was um, submitted by someone named Rachel Obas. Um, and Rachel wrote, about two years ago, one of my girlfriends retweeted someone on Twitter and I fell in love. He was so sexy. I called up my friend and asked her who he was. And she said that his name was Ken and that he was a really good friend of hers and that they had hung out before. He sent me a DM on Twitter asking me a question. And then from that day on, we spoke to each other every hour and every day. I got to know Ken on every level. He told me that he had a kid and that he was an accountant and that he was born and raised in Chicago. We hadn't spoken on the phone yet. All we ever did was text. I told my girl to call him on three-way and she was like, Rachel, he can't talk. And I was shocked. She told me that he was born without vocal cords. (laughs) (laughs) I I know. She said, I was... I was confused, but didn't stop talking to him. We ended up having phone sex. But how does one have phone sex when an, uh, without another voice on the opposite end of the phone? You text back your oohs and your ahs. So I guess they texted phone sex. <laughs> okay. Then one day I got a text from him saying, there's an Instagram pro- profile that's trying to slander me. And if it follows you, block them. But I got curious. I clicked on the profile and the bio said, he's a figment of your imagination with a picture of Ken and some random girl. Come to find out after this, after an intense research, this man that I was talking to turned out to be a woman that pretended to be him for seven years, seven years (gasps) after I found out all that information. I never spoke to him slash her ever again. Like seven years. I mean, that's crazy. That's, and I'm not victim blaming at all, but. I would have done a little more research. <laughs> Everybody, reverse <laughs> image Google search. Yes. <laughs> the first thing. First thing. He was born without vocal cords. He was That's born without vocal surprising. cords. Yeah. And then he lost his memory. It's so weird. <laughs> okay, this one is really messed up. Um, and I hate this for this person. This was submitted by somebody named uh, Samantha Ham 4 aab 2 e 9 e Okay. Cool, cool, cool. When I was in high school, I got catfished by one of my best friends. I got a new phone and I had to get all of my numbers back. When I was checking to see who was who, I got a random text from a number I didn't know. The number told me his name was Blake and that he went to a different school. When he told me he knew a girl (laughs) from my school that happened to be one of my friends, then uh, she then verified him for me and told me that he used to go to school with her. um, And she said that he was really nice. We ended up texting constantly. We became really good friends. He would always tell me how pretty and beautiful I was. And I, and, eventually ended up developing a crush on him. Since my friend could vouch for his validity, I never questioned if this relationship was legitimate. It turned out that I'd actually been texting with my friend all along and my whole friend group was in on it. (gasps) I know that just breaks my heart. Uh, When I confronted her about why she did this and kept it up, her excuse was that she wanted to be able to compliment me and help boost my self-confidence. What a great friend. Oh, that just hurts my heart. That poor girl. Yeah, With that's a shitty group of friends. Hate it, Samantha. Nine E G four A A B two E D. I hope you have uh, a better group of girlfriends now. Me too. I just read a story about uh, an actor, and he told the story about when he was in maybe like a young teen, 
um, he and his dad were estranged and his dad catfished him. Like posed as a girl just because the dad wanted to like have some relationship with the kid. Like it wasn't like, oh, romantic feelings kind of thing. It was just like a desperation of like wanting to communicate with his kid. And then I think they like ended up like he ended up reconciling with his dad during this time. And the dad confessed in during therapy. And he said that now they're like really tight. But he was like, yeah, you know, it was obviously it was like kind of a fucked up thing to do. But also it was just like you understand that desperation. Oh God, that just breaks my heart on so many different levels. I know. I'm I'm gonna have to look up and see who the actor is because he's like he wrote a movie about it and oh wow, um, I think he that's did? what he's talking about now. So let me hold on. Okay, his name is James Morsini. He was in the Sex Lives of College Girls. Oh, okay. Which is on HBO. It's really great if you haven't watched it. But um, but the book is or the book, the movie. I think it just premiered at South by Southwest, and it's called I Love My Dad. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. I will definitely be checking that out. One more, and it's a real fucked up one. All right. Okay. All right. Let's get fired up. Let's get fired Okay. This one is um, was submitted by somebody named Lindsay4692 DEFD9. <laughs> <laughs> this bit never gets old. <laughs> I know. I love it. <sighs> uh, when I was in my early 20s, I modeled. Uh, I did too. <laughs> oh, we've all heard about your hand modeling. You guys all know about my hand modeling dates for six months <laughs> until two thousand over hands <laughs> until I was fired. But anyway, I understand that model life. Um, when I, when I was in my early twenties, I modeled, and a model named Hannah messaged me out of the blue to talk about some industry stuff she had questions on. We ended up becoming fast friends and decided to do a double lingerie shoot one day. And we were going to meet this photographer named Mario to do it with. Hannah never showed up. I did the lingerie shoot with the photographer and that was that. I repeatedly messaged her and never heard another word again. I worked with that photographer a few times after that, but it was nothing out of the ordinary. A year later, I found out that Mario is in prison for impersonating a girl named Hannah and shooting <sighs> underage girls in nude shoots. I never, ever would have thought that he was actually the person pretending to be Hannah. I still feel lucky nothing too scary happened with him. I mean, thank God nothing happened <sighs> that scary with her, but that's still, yeah. like such a violation. And the fact that he was shooting underage girls, like what a piece of shit. What a piece of total um, shit. I'm so yeah. glad that she – Got away relatively unscathed, but I'm. That's awful for those other girls. I know. So that's that's that on these. I like really right now. I hate everybody, Sally. Give me something good. Okay. Okay. I've Give got a love story. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> All right. So this is from CNN by Francesca Street. Okay. So this woman named Rachel was a history student in her early twenties, and she was working at Scarabray, which is this um, prehistoric stone village on the Orkney Islands, which is um, a group of islands off of the northern tip of Scotland. Um, so it was, you know, in the summer, she it, it's like very busy, but then in March, it's you know, it's pretty 
hazy and cold. And so um, on this one day, she was there in March of 2013. There were no visitors. She was just out kind of standing around enjoying a cup of tea. And then she gets um, her radio buzzed. And her manager was like, hey, there's a visitor coming. Just like, hey, be on guard. Put down your cup of tea. Um, So the person gets closer. And he basically is like coming out of this mist. She said he's dressed all in black. He's wearing a hat with a feather sticking out of it. And she says that right away she was intrigued. She said it's sort of like a magical feeling of just seeing someone in the distance and you get a vibe like they seem familiar to you, but also kind of quite magical and intriguing. So the guy in the hat was Anthony. He's an American. He was an American college student from the University of Wisconsin. He was studying abroad in Edinburgh. And like Rachel, Anthony was also like studying history. So he he was hoping that when he got to Scarbray that he would maybe there wouldn't be anybody around and he would be able to like kind of get up close to the buildings. And he said, the first thought I was walking up, he said, damn it, I'm not going to work out. There's someone in, I can't sneak in. But then he met Rachel and he says, everything changed. Rachel had this way of bringing the site to life, making the place feel human and real as opposed to a crumbling pile of stones in front of us. So Rachel was excited by somebody who was actually interested in, in, in history. And so she, mm-hmm took Anthony on this informal guided tour around this village. And they spent like a couple hours just kind of like walking around, talking about the history. And he says, like, needless to say, we lost completely lost track of time and I was smitten. And Rachel says, I noticed there was this sort of connection between us. But then she gets her radio buzzes again and it's her manager. And he's like, hey, we're closing. So you got to tell this guy to buzz off. So... Um, So he leaves and they're just kind of like, wow, that was a really cool thing that happened. Um, But then later that night, Anthony and a friend that he was traveling with were wandering around a local grocery store and he turned down an aisle and he sees Rachel there with um, another guy. And it was like obvious that this was her boyfriend. And he said, I was pretty crestfallen. Not that it mattered. I was only in Orkney for the weekend. Realistically, what was I going to do? Start a long distance relationship? Um, And Uh Rachel said, she said she wasn't surprised to bump into him. Like, it's a very small island, but she just was like, her reaction to it, she said, she said, I remember getting into my boyfriend's car and we went to drive to my flat. And I remember so clearly looking out of the window and seeing Anthony walk past us. Um, And she said, I just knew in my heart that I should be with him. I shouldn't be with this other guy. Oh, wow. So... Anthony went back to Wisconsin. She went on with her life. Like she was in college as well. And so they just kind of put their, this meeting as kind of like, oh, it's a great story about a time, you know, a a travel story and didn't really think much of it. But then a year and a half later, Anthony had the opportunity to return to Orkney because now because of this amazing tour that Rachel gave him, he had switched his like history research to focus on the Orkney Islands. Mm-hmm. So um, so he got to go back um, to Orkney for like another research trip. And meanwhile, Rachel was there working again, but she was working this time at another archaeological spot, which is like a separate from where she was before. Um, and she had actually, she'd broken up with the boyfriend she was, was was with the year before. And so she was just kind of like enjoying her time working there, hanging out with friends. Um, and she liked to read the no- local newspaper that came out every Thursday. And so one Thursday, she's sitting on her couch and she's looking in the paper and she sees a story about an American tourist who had discovered a message in a bottle. And there was a photo of him wearing a hat with a feather in it. He's holding the bottle. He's 
he's smiling. So Rachel was like, oh my God, this is the guy. And so meanwhile, Anthony was now, he had been like cycling all around the island doing his research. Um, but now he was with his college advisor and the college advisor wanted to go to the archaeological spot where Rachel happened to be working. So the day after she saw him in the newspaper, Anthony and his college professor went to Rachel's place of work. And Anthony says, I'll never forget it, walking into the visitor center and seeing her there. It was the weirdest thing. Um, and then he said that basically the freak out ensued because how are you here? It's too much. And so Rachel was just like, she says he walks in and she had seen him in the newspaper. And then all of a sudden he's standing in front of her and she just was like, do you remember me? And he was like, oh my God, of course I do. And so they, um, apparently Rachel was like not really doing guided tours that day, but her friends were like, could just see the sparks flying between the two. And they switched her work schedule around to make sure it would be Rachel showing Anthony and the professor around. So they ended up doing this tour. And then like she said, meanwhile, she's like, my work colleagues were already calling him my new boyfriend, like as they're doing this tour. Uh Um, and then, so Rachel was just like, look, this is too much of a coincidence. I need your number. And so Anthony was so excited. They made, they met up later that week. Um, and they just said that like the spark of connection was just there. They said they didn't stop talking for like two and a half hours. And then a few days later they went out again and they're like just having this instant connection. And finally Anthony was like, look, I'm finding it hard to just be friends. And Rachel says that was quite cute. So Aww. they like after that, they were a couple. They said they never did a casual dating thing. It was always like, we're together. We're going to find a way to make this work. And um, they said they had no idea how hard it would be to do like a long distance relationship between countries. Yeah. Um, yeah. So over the next couple of years, the two would meet up in locations like in Scotland, the US, Canada, and the Netherlands every six months. Um, and they said that their families were like a little concerned. How are we going to make this work? And yeah. But, Yeah, but they were determined. So only a few months into their long-distance relationship, Anthony proposed. So Rachel was visiting him in Wisconsin, and he got down one knee and said, I love you, Rachel. Will you marry me? And she said, of course, straight away. It was very magical. So they ended up getting married in May 2016 in an intimate ceremony in the Orkney Islands, back where it all began. So they're still married, and they live in Edinburgh now, and they say that nine years after their first meeting, they say they find it amazing that two Orkney encounters and a message in a bottle brought them together. Anthony says, I don't necessarily believe in fate. I think it ha- it is something that people said to me on and on and on again, oh, it's fate. And the reality, it was a, it's a lot of work. And Rachel says, it was a lot of work, but I think some of the things were quite magical. Some of the connections I think would be quite hard to be just happenstance. So not that sweet? Yes. That's very <laughs> Sorry, cute. Sorry, a little, it's like a little, uh, I feel like anticlimactic, but anyway, no. I think that's, I love those like Great big, coinc- big coincidences. Me too. I love those stories because yeah. it just goes, you know, what's meant to be will be. Yes. No stress, no whatever. If it's meant to happen, it'll happen. And if right? it's not, it won't. It's that it won't. simple. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. So just let, let go. go. Let God. Let's let go. Let God. <laughs> let go. Let God. Live and let God, as I live said. Live and let God. <laughs> live and yeah. let die. Mm-hmm. Um, you live, all right. You learn. You live, you uh, learn. <laughs> Live, laugh, love. (laughs) Um, It's wine time somewhere. (laughs) It's wine (laughs) o'clock.
wish I could think like, of what else is on a tea towel? <laughs> what else is on a pillow? Come on. Yeah. Um, if you sprinkle <laughs> when you tinkle, <laughs> be a sweetie and wipe the seedy. That's what I always say. That's what I always say. I mean, it works for me. It will work for you. Two it's in just a some... bar- hand is worth three in a barrel. Or... <laughs> Oh, it is what it is, you know? Uh, yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Something dumb, something we love. Let's do it. Okay. Um. So for something dumb, I'm going to bring it down to a serious level. But for something dumb, um, this happened about two weeks ago, but still it's something that is weighing on. You know, the, what is so heartbreaking is it's it, this happened almost two weeks ago. And since then, there have been multiple shootings yeah. in other cities. And it's just so incredibly frustrating and disheartening. And um, it just makes me and every uh, everyone around me, everyone that I know, it just makes everybody feel so completely hopeless and helpless. Yeah. Um, but I um, – and um, I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but, uh, you know, it's my um, cousins were in the Parkland shooting and that was years ago that it happened. It still weighs on us heavily. Thankfully they survived, but they're, they lost friends and coaches. Um, and it's just so upsetting. And it, every time something like this happens, it just feels like such a slap in the face that mm-hmm. it's like, you're saying that these kids and what they've been through and what every other school before them has been through that it doesn't matter. Yeah. And that they're expendable and just, you know, it's not worth stronger gun control laws. It's not worth the, the reform. It's not worth – it's just saying that their lives aren't worth it and it's so fucking upsetting to me. Right. And the idea um, that there's nothing that we can do when there's actually plenty that we can, do. we can do. Like let's – how about anything? Let's try anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. look at all of the other countries in the world that do not have this problem. And why don't we just take a page out of their book and see what they're doing? Yeah. Um, it's just ridiculous. I just wanted to list a couple of – whenever we talk about tragedies, I always want to follow up with ways that people can help. On GoFundMe, there's multiple – there's a page set up on Go, GoFundMe that has different ver- verified fundraisers put together for family members of the school. Of the shooting victims and different nonprofit organizations, so you can find them on there. Um, also, the Uvalde um, Consolidated Independent School District created a bank account at the First State Bank at Uvalde, where people can send funds that way to the shooting victims and their families. You could also um, send money through Zelle um, um, using the email Rob School Memorial Fund at gmail.com. Or you can mail it to 200 East Nopal. It's uh, N-O-P-A-L Street, Uvalde, Texas, 78801. And just make sure that the checks are payable to the Rob School Memorial Fund. And just that sentence alone just breaks my fucking heart. Yeah. Um, So that's uh, my something dumb. And this something that I love are the people that are reaching out and, and helping and supporting and donating. But what I would love even more is if something can be done about gun control and gun reform. So yeah. that's that for me. Yeah. That is of course my 
dumb thing as well is just, you know, this all happened while we were on, on hiatus, but also like it's continuing to happen. And it was happening before that it was, it has been happening. The time to take action was like so many years ago, but like, let's do it now. Like, let's come together. Let's have a critical mass of people who are actually willing to stand up to like the gun lobby, to people who are to like the politicians who are just like standing in the way of these reforms when like 80% of people actually agree with stricter gun laws. Uh, I would say get political, get loud um, and do what you can to take action. And there are lots of, there's so many resources out there that can help you do that. Um, We don't need to list them all. I think that like giving your money, giving your time, sharing your voice um, are all ways that you can do that. Um, I think I've I've talked about this one before when there have been previous shootings, but like um, I'm a member of Mom De- Moms Demand Action, which is part oh, of like too. every town, and mm-hmm. uh, and so and that's just like such a simple way to like they will be like here are four things you could do today <laughs> like easy like if you want to be the laziest about taking action, that's like the laziest you can be and still do something. So um, do that or wherever there are lots of people who are working on this issue. Um, so that I agree something dumb, um, and something I love is <laughs> what, I don't know. And there's actually are so many things I loved. We talked about, um, the album recording and, um, I feel so grateful for you and for, um, Ben who really like took, took one for the team while I was like doing so what many shows getting ready ben. for it. So what I know. Guy. Um, for all of the people in Atlanta who like helped me get stage time and all of that, I know if this feels like an Oscar speech, but I really just do feel very grateful for like everybody who helped me out. Um, and, and I'm like really the thing, other thing I love is that I got to go to a lake for a week. That was so great. <laughs> I like, yes. there's nothing that makes me happier than floating on the water. I love it so much. Someday I will own a lake house. I'm saying it right here someday <laughs> put that out there put that out there to the universe i love it um, i love it too yeah all right well you guys we will be back next week of the full episode um thanks for sticking with us and for giving us some time off we uh um, we appreciate it and we we you know of course we wish that all we had to do was this podcast but unfortunately that's not the case yet 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 um but we'll be back next week on tuesday so don't think we're not coming we're just going to be a day differently because i'm being a diva um and we love you guys so much please like get in touch we would love to hear from you send us your love stories or your funny weird things that you've done in relationships send us your stories um that's at dumb love pod dumblovepod at gmail.com. Oh my you can God, find it's us. It's been so long we've gotten our own email address. <laughs> I know. I'm like, has anybody ever checked that? Um, dumblovepod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the socials at dumblovepodcast. We're going to be back on there. And uh, and we love you guys so much. And we've missed you. We're we happy do. we're back. We love you so much. And you just reminded me to check our email address. <laughs> <laughs> Clicking on it now. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much. We dumb love you so hard. And uh, make sure to get out there and do something dumb for love. Dum-da-dum, dum-dum, 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 d